The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This phrase, everybody's been woked. Well, guess what? The rest of the working class people in America have been awakened. Everybody's been woked, man. Wake up. Thank you. Um, so, Is that man all right? So we set another record for uh, daily cases in the United States. The fifth national record in nine days. Cases of what? Wine? 59,000. I think you know what I'm talking about. Don't pretend you don't know what I'm talking about. COVID-19. The Chinese commie bat fever. Coronavirus! That's right. So the cases are growing. The testing's growing. Trying to separate those is, is uh, you know, complicated, and very few people have much interest in doing it for some reason. But It doesn't help you get clicks. Cases are up 72% over the last two weeks. Deaths are down 1%. So up about 70%, down about 1% in cases, down about 1% for deaths. That still doesn't square, obviously. Some people think it's a lagging indicator and that that will spike soon. Well, if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But if it doesn't, I need an explanation. Or at least tell us that. They won't. If the deaths don't catch up to cases here, like, soon, um, you got to explain what's going on there and... uh, it, it, the explanation is probably we're testing more people, so that drives up the number. Mm-hmm. Young people are getting it, so they aren't ending up in the hospital or dead. And they're fine. And we're getting better at treating it. Yeah. Which means it's not that scary. I heard somebody the, uh, say the other day, people need to realize getting COVID-19 is not a death sentence. Well, anybody who thought it was a death sentence has not been paying attention at all. At all. all. <laughs> right. Right. This is a good uh, comparison. Parallel. Is it a metaphor? I don't know. It's a it's a parallel. Can you imagine if the media only reported on the stock market when it's down? What sort of impression people would get of the stock market, for instance? 
They only report when there's bad, scary news about the COVID-19. For reasons, bizarre political reasons, in that if it's worse, it makes Trump look bad. So that's a lot of the motivation. Also, fear just sells. Fear sells clicks. And so the media is obsessed with terrifying you. So uh, testing is up. Half a million tests um, per day in June, up from 350,000 a day in May. So that's a lot more tests. But the, 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 the percentage of people that have it of the tests has gone up, too. In the first week of June, it was about 4% of the tests came back positive. In the last week of June, it was about 8%. Now, I don't have any idea how that all works. I mean, if only people who who feel like they've got symptoms are going to get tested. I mean, if it was more random testing earlier, and now it's primarily people who, I don't feel good, I better go get a test, go. Well, then the likelihood of it, you know... The percentage of it's going to go up. Right. Yeah, that is another layer of uh, obscuring the truth in the media coverage is, scientifically speaking, I mean, it, you can't draw any conclusions because the, the methodology has been so bad. You've gone from randomized to specific groups, back to randomized, and then double the number of tests and the rest of it. We're trying to draw conclusions from this. You also hear states thrown around. So I think 30 states are now on the rise or setting daily records or whatever it is. Every state's different in how much testing they've got. In some states, they're doing slightly more testing than they were before. In some states, they were doing no testing a couple of months ago and have just gotten around to testing. So state by state, it varies so much. Mm. And as we've said over and over again, we're not rooting for one or the other or, or trying to spin it one way or the other. I, what I would like more than anything else is to have an idea of exactly how bad this is. Right. And then make my decisions from there. And how it's coming along. I did think this was interesting, though. England, big study, biggest study that's been done yet on any COVID stuff. 17 million people, largest study of its kind, to try to figure out what makes it more likely that you die from COVID. Well, being old is the, is the seems to be the key. Mm-hmm. Patients older than 80 are 20 times more likely to die from COVID than people in their 50s. I'm not talking about 80 versus 25. People in their 80, 20 times more likely to die than people in their 50s, and hundreds of times more likely to die than someone 40. I hate to hear that gap between the 40s and 50s. <laughs> As a recent graduate, uh, that's uh, that's disappointing. The doctor from Oxford, he's got to be smart. He went to Oxford unless his parents just got him in on a crew scholarship. Or a fake pole vaulter. Who knows? <laughs> he said the scale of this relationship with age was, quote, jaw-dropping. Yeah, so it would seem. Also, guys, you know, it was, uh, it was early in the pandemic. Uh, you need to understand this about activists, and we have some good stuff on activists coming up, the lefty activists, but every crisis should be used. So uh, even as men were dying at like three to one over women, the 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 women's the militant women's groups were saying this is disproportionately killing women, even though it was exactly factually not. Uh, but they think it has to do with uh, various androgens, your sex hormones, your testosterone, etc. Your uh, your male hormones. Are... I got testicles. <laughs> Good for you, sir. Uh, they are. Um, is that uh, going to be in clips of the week? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> certainly should be. Uh, for some reason. Uh, the presence of those uh, hormones makes you more susceptible to die into the vid. So dudes are, are catching it hard, unfortunately. Uh, not that I wish anybody catches it hard at all, but 
Texas doctors, the Texas Association of Physicians or whatever they're called, um, have ranked all sorts of activities and given them like a code number for how dangerous they are in terms of catching the uh, the commie bat fever. Okay. And it's interesting because it's a lot of these perceptions have changed. But you got your, uh, these are things that people, I guess, wanted to know about. Your level one, and the only level one, which is like, because they do it one to ten, scale of one to ten. Level one is, one is the best or worst? Is the lowest risk. Okay, lowest. Opening the mail. <laughs> is there somebody in America who has a gigantic pile of mail in their garage because they've been afraid to open their mail? <laughs> I mean, I have giant piles of unopened mail, but it has nothing to do with coronavirus. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Uh, level oh. level two, which is, be serious, you're not going to get the bad fever. Uh, getting restaurant takeout, pumping gasoline. I'm just Diane tweeted, uh, I saw, remember that couple week period where we were all uh, like sanitizing our mail and stuff like that or our takeout food? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big craze, right? Yeah. You got your takeout food and you had to clean the containers and everything like that. Okay, whatever, that's whatever. gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pumping gasoline is level two. Playing tennis. A county health director in my county tried to ban tennis. Yo, you people are numbskulls. And going camping is a number two. I have no data or science to back this up, but gasoline is probably a really good disinfectant. So when I go to the gas station, I take one pump and I yeah. squirt the pump that I'm going to use with gas. That's that's to, sensible. To, yeah, then then it's safer for me to actually pump my own. That's gas. a good tip. I didn't spend a couple of weeks putting on rubber gloves and stuff before I pumped gas until they decided that the whole touching thing is not really a big deal, and I don't do it anymore. Level three includes grocery shopping. This is still very low risk. Going for a walk, run, or bike ride with others. Playing golf. Playing golf? How, anyway. I was going to play tennis, but I got too much unopened mail to get to. Right. <laughs> uh, staying at a hotel for two nights. Sitting in a doctor's waiting room. Is one night okay? How about three? <laughs> I would imagine that's half again more. I don't know. Uh, going to a library or museum. Eating in a restaurant outside. Walking in a busy downtown or spending an hour at a playground. That, those are level four. Five includes having dinner at someone else's house, attending a backyard barbecue, going to a beach. Everybody is obsessed with beaches, even though you, it's hard as hell to get it outside, apparently. Uh, we did a lot of beach going. A lot. Two days over the vacation. Now, these Texas doctors are saying you get up to level seven, going to a hair salon or barbershop. Because their face is so close to your face? I guess, and you're My there for a long time. My son's hair has got to get cut. It's just completely out of hand. It, talking to him drives me crazy with him moving his hair out of his face all the time because yeah. he hasn't had a haircut in four months. Yeah. Well, interesting that it's level seven, which is moderate to high risk. Uh, I went to a new barbershop I hadn't gone to, uh, and I had uh, several complaints. Number one, there was nobody wearing a mask. The guy gave me a hearty handshake, you know, while I wasn't even, like, mentally prepared for it. And it was 35 bucks. So I hated that. <laughs> so level seven, uh, getting a haircut, eating in a restaurant inside, attending a wedding or funeral, traveling by plane. Oh, man, Same I did thing. that. What? I did that. Oh, wedding or funeral. I get that. It's that was jokes, like a joke. Like a Rodney yeah. Dangerfield thing. Right. Traveling by plane, playing basketball or football, hugging or shaking hands when greeting a friend is considered a moderate to high risk. Hmm. Although, well, I've shaken hands now. with a couple of people, not not like it happened before I even realized I did it. Yeah. The latest figure I saw was in, uh, you know, uh, around where I live, there's a one in 1400 chance any individual you run into 
has the vid. There's a one in a million chance I'm going to hug you, so. Yeah. (laughs) And then you're high risk, Jack. You might as well go eat a Chinese bat. as (laughs) do fish around in the barrel of gray water for the best bat with your bare hand as do this. Oh, and then wash it down with the barrel water. (laughs) A level eight high risk eating at a buffet. Oh, boy. Working out at a gym. Could you do that if you wanted to? Could you eat at a buffet if you wanted to anywhere in America? I don't think you could. Probably somewhere, but I don't know. Uh, Go to an amusement park. This is not amusing. I got the vid. (laughs) I'm not amused. Going to a movie theater. Those are all eights. Now, level nine, which is as high as they go. It's a scale of one to ten, but other than eating a Chinese bat, there's no tens. Nine is attending a large music concert, which ain't happening. Going to a sports stadium, which ain't happening. Wow, that's a nine or ten. Yeah. I assume they mean a sports stadium packed with fans. You go to an empty sports stadium, it's probably fine. Attending a religious service with 500-plus worshipers or nine, level nine, highest level, going to a bar. Is the worst thing you can do. Well, there's been lots of examples of that where a crowd goes out and everybody gets it. My beloved bride may or may not have been in a bar yesterday. Really? It's a kind of a barstaurant. Level nine, sweetheart. I'm afraid you need to quarantine yourself. Um, hmm. Well, there, you know, if that's if that's the way they look at it, there's not going to be any sports with crowds anytime soon. Then, if that's a category ten flemocane, right? Oh, yeah. I I absolutely. Uh, well, as I said the other day, we had some friends who want to go to a, a football game with us, an NFL game, and I'll bet you $1,000 there are no crowds if they play. There yeah. will be no crowds cheering in NFL games this season, and I would not worry for a single second I was going to lose my money. Interesting. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but I doubt it. Social justice warriors on parade making jackasses of themselves. This is some really good stuff. You're going to like it. Next. kind of incredible right they'll be like you're a disgusting virulent racist anti-semite and i'll be like well well hold on a second here and they're like he's harassing me he's harassing me by responding to me and i'm like but you just called me a disgusting virulent racist and that's the worst possible thing that you can say about somebody in american society rightfully so i think being a racist is a terrible thing are you a racist because you want to have less immigration to the united states and less competition for american wages but they control speech they control the rules of the debate and what they can do that they can make it so that even the act of defense is an act of so-called offense against them it's just complete madness that's a young writer by the name of Sagar Ajeti I think is uh, is how you pronounce it uh, sharp young fella like the cut of his jib so there's this uh, New York City Education Council meeting you're not going to believe this One of the members of the New York City Education Council, member Robin Broshi, noticed that one of her white colleagues had a non-white child on his lap. 
and he was bouncing the, the, the small child, keeping them amused and all, during the meeting. Okay? Can you imagine anything more innocent or, or beautiful? Well, this woman, Robin Broshi, engages uh, her colleague, whose uh, name I believe is Benjamin Morton. But anyway, here's how that went. It hurts people when they see a white man bouncing a brown baby on their lap. And they don't know the context. That is harmful. That makes people cry. It makes people log out of our meetings. They don't come here. They don't come to our meetings. And they give me a hard time because I'm not vocal enough. And I'm not trying to be a martyr. I'm trying to illustrate to you that you think I'm a Excuse me. You think I'm a social justice warrior? And you think I'm being patronizing? And I'm getting pressure for not being enough of an advocate and i take that to heart and that hurts me and i have to learn to make how to be a better white person i would like you to know don't have people telling you that i would like to know before this meeting adjourns how having my friend's nephew on my lap was hurtful to people and was racist can you I, please I, explain I, tom i have explained it to you you can uh, google you can read a now. book read a book read yeah. Read white fragility. This woman is going berserk that he's got a brown baby on his lap. She was white? Yes. Yeah, she's a super woke. She's also crazy. New York City Education Council member. She is nuts, and this is how insane uh, all this stuff is. White fragility, by the way, if you weren't listening to our segment on it, a couple of segments on it, talking about Mike, Matt Taibbi's piece, it, it that is a, po- a work of poisonous garbage. Matt Taibbi called it horse s. Right, <laughs> it is. Um, you know, Michael Savage, uh, his radio show, he he's probably still does. Talk about uh, liberalism being a mental illness, and I always thought that was, you know, pretty over the top. It is for a lot of people. She's to the point. I would of, say that brand of it is. Yeah, yeah. she is. She is crazy. She You're crazy. was going nuts, melting down, screeching at a fellow adult who was perfectly calm that he had a brown baby on his lap. These people are the most virulent. Dangerous racists since the oh height gosh, of the Klan yeah. in the oh, 1920s. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I will stand by those words. And people are given a pass to that level of racism. That's what's so scary. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, I hope it's, it's self-evident stupidity will be enough to bring it down. Hey, we've got to get to this breaking news, and I'll fill in the holes. The um, We should have done it earlier when the mayor of Seoul went missing and 150 police officers were looking for him. Seoul, South Korea? Well, yeah, Seoul, South Korea. They found him. He's dead. We've got more of the details coming up in a moment. Whoa. It's uh, an interesting story. Mayor of the biggest city in South Korea. Have you seen uh, walking the streets of Seoul lately? Or? Well, there's a twist. You ready for a twist? Uh, no. <laughs> Stay tuned for a twist. Get ready. Yeah, get ready. I don't want a twist. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It was a major leading indicator for sports back in March. Will it be this time? That story coming up in moments. But first, this story, which would have been more exciting if we had been in on the beginning of it. Let's just pretend we were, like, earlier today in the show. Okay. (laughs) Talking about the missing mayor of Seoul, South Korea. Oh. It's the biggest city in South Korea. Um, It's a gigantic. Gigantic city. Yeah. What's the population of Seoul? See if you can. It's one of the bigger cities on Earth, right? And and tell me about their public transportation system, including the the Seoul train. A um, a culture where they work themselves and study themselves to suicide. Little under 10 million. That's a big city. Some 150 police officers are searching. Remember, we've gone back in time here. Okay. We don't know how this ends. Some 150 police officers are searching for the mayor of South Korea, of the South Korean capital of Seoul, who was reported missing uh, after being named in a sexual harassment complaint. Oh, my. Yeah. So his phone is turned off. Nobody can get a hold of him, and nobody knows where he is. Last detected near a hill in uh, some neighborhood where the search is focused, 150 police officers looking. Uh, dude's daughter reported did that... Did they look for him in Gangnam? And in what style did they look for him? Hoompum Gangnam style. 
Um, daughter reported that he'd gone missing around 5 o'clock local time. Um, no, no, 4 a.m. there, 4 a.m. That only matters what time it is there, right? Right. I don't care what time it was here. Yeah, I wasn't, you know, on the case. And, uh, and then it had left a verbal message that sounded like a will. So if your if your dad oh. disappears and leaves a message that sounds like a will, you're you're pretty concerned about it. He didn't show up to work today. And there's no message that would sound a little like a will. No. I mean, it's a will. He didn't show up to work today, and it was confirmed that a sexual harassment claim had been made against the mayor. Park is his name, but so are half the other people in South Korea, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the culture that has... The the fewest. I think there's six last names or something like that. And like half the population is two. Yeah, don't two quote us on that. Yeah, everybody's either Park or Lee. Interesting. Anyway, or Kim, I'm sorry, Kim is an incredibly popular name. Some woman working in uh, in the office had uh, claimed a sexual harassment thing, and then you just disappear. I'm sure he's all right. Well, he's with this just in. <laughs> uh, they found him. He's dead. Oh my so. golly. But so it's the sexual harassment stuff, probably, probably, probably was having an affair. Uh, he can't bear the. They're really into shame and stuff in South Korean culture, aren't they? A lot of Asian cultures, yeah. Yeah, can't uh, loss loss of face. Shame. You don't want to hear that. Shame. <laughs> Not you hear that? You're down. You're way down. He doesn't want to deal with everything that would come with getting caught with this and uh, decided off himself. It's not some sort of because originally when the story when he was missing, obviously you're wondering about is this a. Kim Jong-un's brother at the airport story or oh, what's going on right. here. Right. No, it's just kind of your run-of-the-mill soap opera sort of thing. Oh, man, that's that's terrible. Yeah, I don't know what it's like to be the mayor of Seoul, but you'd think you'd say, listen, I didn't mean to hurt her feelings or whatever, or I was in love, or I'm sorry I'm a pig, I quit, or something. You wouldn't off yourself, but, uh, you know, I don't live in that culture. Hmm. Speaking of shameful stuff, uh, the, uh, the the don't do it the Gangnam style with your secretary is the lesson there. A, a, a quick uh, a quick note from the upcoming justice. We hope for this Ghislaine Maxwell monster, who is Jeffrey no. Epstein's uh, procurer of fra- flesh and, and co rapist. Um, a couple of things. Number one. Uh, people have been talking about who she's going to turn in. What evidence is she going to give? Um, and, and will she get off scot-free? Well, according to prosecutors I spoke with, actually, I heard them speaking. They spoke at me. Um, there's no way they'd let her off scot-free. I mean, they might cut a, a long sentence in half, but no way scot-free. Well, I would hope child rapists don't ever get off. And, and secondly, they got subpoenas out of yin-yang. So anything she's got, they can probably get anyway. If it's in writing or on videotape or anything like that, they're going to search everything she's got. Every flash drive, every hard drive, et cetera, et cetera. And if any evidence exists that she could give to them, but what about they'll her ver- probably be able to get it. Oh, I see. For any deal she would make. Right. And, uh, well, they could get it anyway. But, but don't you make a deal for any verbal knowledge that she has just in her own brain about Prince Andrew or whoever? Uh, probably not. Unless you have uh, other evidence, corroboration, you're not going to get anything uh, conviction anyway but all i know is dan abrams the legal guy on ab uh, good morning america said this is a long way from a slam dunk people who think that she's easily going off to prison for a long time that's not certain at all right right now it's possible if they do get enough evidence to to hammer her and she says uh for instance prince andrew had sex with a girl he knew to be underage and the victim says, yes, Prince Andrew 
agrees on the dates and all, they could corroborate each other, and then the word of the monster would be significant um, if it's corroborated. But speaking of which, uh, this is one of the... And you convict him in, in, in abstentia or whatever, or do you get him make him come to the United States? Uh, I don't know. What what do I know about uh, Prince subpoenas? Or uh, what's the word? Uh, the extradition. Mm. The extradition of royals! Uh, clip 47, please, Sean. This is one of the Epstein-Maxwell victims who is, for now, anonymous. She is a rapist. Um, she um, destroyed my what was supposed to be my, the best years of my life. She is just as evil as Jeffrey Epstein, as everybody has painted him to be. Miss Maxwell was his business partner in this. She She did this to many girls. It was a hateful and degrading rape, and I was dumped off in my grandparents' yard naked and was told that I wouldn't come back alive the next time. And then these are two uh, victims uh, talking about how it all worked. We weren't anything important to them at all. We weren't even a human being to them. We were just another toy to be passed around, and that's what they did. Prince Andrew should be panicking at the moment uh, because Ghislaine doesn't really care about anyone else but Ghislaine. I was in the car with her and she would ask the driver to stop the car and she'd dash across to the school or the park or wherever she was going and she would like write down her phone number for a child, a young girl. And then I'd see that child at the house and she'd say they're auditioning. You know, I found a model in the park and I thought it was really strange because I did see a couple girls in braces and I've never seen a model with braces yeah so they would offer him a modeling contract bring him to the mansion begin the grooming process then rape them or offer them for the uh, to be raped by their uh you know high dollar uh, clients slash friends what sort of weird monster is she she's a new breed because you understand sort of men who who need to have sex with underage girls to fulfill whatever weird thing they've got. What's her thing? Well, there are plenty of women involved in human trafficking and of of sex slavery. But isn't it usually for for profit? Yeah. Mostly? I mean, she yeah. was involved in this sexually. She's got some sort of weird underage girl thing herself as a heterosexual. She woman. is. How do, you, how do you know that? I don't I mean, know. She might be bi or a hundred different yeah. things. She might. She's an you know, evil get scumbag, with farm so. beasts for all I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, Dan Abrams is probably right that if you're assuming it's a slam dunk, it might not be. But, boy, you have multiple victims willing to testify. Mm. Of course, this woman, did you hear? She hired the guy who prosecuted Manuel Noriega. The former dictator of Panama as her defense attorney. So she's got some super duper high dollar uh, defense attorneys going to work for. Her. What do we think of her hideout plan getting away from the, uh, the, the awfulness of what a human being she is? If you're hiding out from everybody, she kind of went with the Osama bin Laden. You do it close by where everybody's looking for you. Kind of. Yeah, I don't know much about it. That biggest state in New Hampshire. But right? didn't you assume she was out of the country? I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and wasn't it her own place? She, she bought in? the place with cash. Okay. So she bought a 165-acre 
it's only a million dollars, which a million dollars is a ton of money. But by California standards, you don't get 165 acres in that house if you've seen the picture (laughs) for a million dollars in California. But anyway, she did there in whatever state that was in, Massachusetts? I thought it was New Hampshire. New Hampshire, one of those northeast states. And, uh, And she bought it with cash through an LLC, so the people never met her or knew who she was. Mm. She just bought it with cash and moved in. Wow. Been there for a while. How'd they find her? I, I, I didn't really follow I haven't that. heard that yet, and I've read a fair amount about this, and they haven't nailed it down. Maybe that's one of those things they don't want to give away the source or manner in which they figured this out. Yeah. But, um, Man, 165 acres. That's a pretty good uh, buffer zone. And a heck of a nice house. But was she just? did she just think she could live out the rest of her life there and get away with it, I wonder? I have no idea. I mean, she's getting her lawyer team together, figured, I can't run forever. I'm just going to get my ducks in a row. I assume. Then rape them, probably. I assume some uh, British royal or Saudi prince or somebody that she knew from, you know, their, their, their scumbaggery had gotten her out of the country and she'd spend the rest of her life somewhere like that. Yeah, reasonable assumption. Some uh, haughty third world uh, palace or something. Yeah. Out of sheer caution, if I'm one of the. It's practically inevitable. There were various Saudi princes involved in the debaucheries. You'd think just to protect your own skin, you'd say, hey, I tell you what, I'll pay your bills. You come live here. Let's get you out of the U.S. Well, uh, I've said many times I don't have any reason to believe whatsoever that Bill Clinton was involved in sex with underage women. On the other hand, I'm sorry, I've got to correct myself here. If I'm a Saudi prince in that situation... She ends up getting the bone saw treatment. Oh, yeah, you like get her to Saudi Arabia with the... Yeah, tell her she's going to live in an apartment for right. the rest of her life. Well, she will. We, That'll be two days. And then you say hello to Mr. Bonesaw. Yeah, right. Key, key word on the apart. The rest of her life. <laughs> apartment. Oh, boy. Uh, that's, Barbaric. Uh, that's inappropriate, Sean. Funny, but inappropriate. But nobody's ever nailed down for certain... What the hell is with that painting that was in Epstein's house of Bill Clinton in the blue dress yes. pointing at whoever walked in the door? That's right. weird. You're still on the painting? That it's is just odd art. Uh, you think it's just odd art? Or was it some sort of, I've got something on Bill Clinton? Mm, not impossible. Which the she would know about. theory. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe she's still kicking. I mean, that, uh, she probably won't. Yeah, you know, have you checked lately? She she might not be by this weekend. Did the guards wander off on a fifteen minute sig break? Yeah, hey, the cameras are broke again. Can you believe that? Huh? Let's all of us go uh, around the corner and see if we can figure out what's going on with them. And then, yeah, yeah. And then Hillary sneaks in in her low flats, oh, Some piano wire. Exactly. What? <laughs> we all know how it works. Oh, Hashtag man. Clinton body count. Will this? Biatch name names. I we'll know. see. They got a hell of a lot of uh, leverage to use against her. We'll find out, I guess. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Senator Joseph Biden may have more explaining to do. The new questions stem from taped remarks of Biden during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. 
I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. Now, and I'd be delighted. So that was back <laughs> one of the other, for that. One of the other times old man yeah. uh, Biden ran for that, president. That's the 88 campaign. So how old would he have been at that time? Oh, you're making me do math Well, just now. roughly, so he's upper 40s, 30, 30, 32 years ago. Yeah, now. so he's in his 40s then. So the idea that uh, you misremember, I don't know, when you're 47, do you <laughs> remember whether you graduated with one degree or three? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right, I did graduate with three degrees. And I graduated <laughs> at the top of top half of my class. Well, almost at the dead-ass uh, bottom. I don't care uh, if he's the bottom full student. Full scholar, half scholar. I, none of that stuff means anything to me. Really? But if you claim you were at the top and you're at the bottom, that does mean something. Yeah, yeah. He's a strange ranger. He is, he he's is. He's got half a, half a dose of the Brian Williams complex he does and and for i want to say not malevolent you know purely malevolent reasons there's something like brian williams there's something strange going on there is he just delusional where they have to make themselves they the story's got to be more jazzy or something it's it's weird um how well? So first, maybe Corn Pop ran a crew of pretty nice dudes. <laughs> I was about to maybe. say well, Corn Pop was a bad dude. I was about to say how many of those are going to come out once the campaign really gets the focus? But well, we're about a hundred days out. We're we're pretty far in. The media has no interest in digging into any of this stuff anymore. Right, right exactly. In fact, I was going to tip my cap to the bloke who sent that tape along to us, um, pointing out that back in the day the media would examine a, uh, the claims of a Democratic candidate. Oh, so. absolutely. The left, that campaign, the left ruined Gary Hart's chance. Gary Hart would have been elected president, I think. Mm-hmm. But they figured out he was having an affair and ruined it. Newsweek and uh, the guy's name flits out of my mind. right? Feynman, Howard Feynman, was the guy that dug up that story and destroyed Gary Hart. That would not happen today. The leading candidate on the left taking on Trump, they're not going to be the ones to out that person with an affair. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Right, right. Maybe they would because of clickonomics. I don't know. But I don't think the left would uh, ruin a Democrat the way they would have in the past. What was that thing? We were both at it, weren't we, when Gary Hart was talking about foreign policy? Yeah, Do you somewhere, remember that? Somewhere I can't remember we what that was, but he blew my mind. He was crazy smart. and no, He had an affair, and back then you couldn't have an affair. Nope. And his wife didn't even care. Right? That they was having an affair. I don't yeah, they... care. <laughs> I don't want the show to be over, but I am ready to listen to the final thoughts from Armstrong and Getty. Yeah. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. I say everybody offers up a final thought to wrap up the show. There he is in the control room, pressing the buttons, keeping us on the air. Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, if sports do happen to return, I want all the players and coaches mic'd up and everything uncensored. Oh, that's right. We had a good clip of a ball player talking about how he might be shocked at some of what's said. Uh, Yeah. I don't know how surprised I'll be. It'll be fun to listen to. 
producer positive Sean with a final thought. Football canceled in the Ivy Leagues. Me and Tad are going to the Yacht Club to play some High Lie instead. <laughs> Jack, a final thought for us? Yeah, I hate to make it all sports related, but uh, what Sean just said, the Ivy League canceled their NCAA football season. You wouldn't care until I was reminded that they're the ones that led the way back in March. They canceled their conference tournaments for March Madness. Then everybody followed. The then Ivy the, League! Then the NBA and the NFL all followed. So I wonder if that's going to happen here. Yeah, I wonder. My final thought is my wife is out of town for a day, so i got to, like, remember stuff and do stuff. I wonder if I can teach Baxter how to take the garbage bin out to the curb. So no debauchery, just uh, tasks? debauchery please yeah no just remembering stuff give him his medicine and get the garbage out and there's one other thing i can't remember you're not gonna be laying in a puddle of wine bottles seems like a great day i gotta work tomorrow well you start early she finish early i don't i don't this job is the 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 henpecking wife my wife isn't my wife this job is my wife my wife is my bud your job is your henpecking wife. This oppressive gig of ours. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping, keeping me alive. Wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All of our podcasts are there, including the One More Thing podcast that is not something that airs. you got to go there to get that. You can drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Got some nice swag there for you to buy, too. Our plan is to see you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing are, I got testicles. <laughs> good for you, sir. Uh, they are... Um, it's not uh, going to be in Clips of the Week, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.